Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them every month at the Canal Cafe Theatre. This story was originally told by Andrew Hubert in June 2009 as part of our second birthday celebration. Hi. Um, I wrote this story in March. Uh, that was quite a long time ago and I'm, I'm fine now. <laughs> no, I, I really am. Um, I should probably tell you straight away that this story hasn't got an ending, satisfactory, disappointing, or otherwise. At some point, I'll get to the part where, if it was fiction, you'd expect something interesting to happen to the protagonist that makes her alter her ridiculous behaviour. Unfortunately for the protagonist, me, that part is still a work in progress. My name is Andrea, and I am a MySpace stalker. Before MySpace and Facebook, stalking was a serious lifestyle choice. <laughs> to stalk your ex-boyfriend, as I've been doing solidly for about two months now, you had to be prepared to wait in the cold outside his house, go to clubs you hated just for the chance to accidentally bump into him, be ready with a camera to take photos of whoever he'd replaced you with so you could Photoshop her face onto a naked granny's body and decorate their house with it. <laughs> I'm a little bit too lazy for all of that but I always knew I had the stalker gene. I like to think of what I do as more like stalking light. It's a bit like Diet Coke. It's going to make you rot on the inside, but on the surface, you're probably going to look quite normal. (laughs) My boyfriend Tom broke up with me about two months ago. He wanted to concentrate on his band and uh, that meant cutting me out of his life as though I'd never existed at all we'd been together for seven months and for the first six before he needed to concentrate on his band it was amazing I had never been in love before I'd had huge crushes on people and I dated people but I never really felt the way I'd felt about him and I've had some pretty dodgy boyfriends in my time but the words think I love my music more than I love you, are by far the worst thing I've ever had aimed at my face. My new routine set in really quickly the day after he told me it was over. Wake up, check his MySpace, check the MySpace of the girl he's in the new band with, check they haven't written anything new on their blogs. (laughs) 
check all his friends' MySpace pages, go onto Facebook, check he's got an account, he hasn't. I can't get into her account, so check the list of friends that he's got and she's got until I see one who's got an open account, go onto that page, go through all of those photos of all the random people that you don't know to see if there's any photos of the ex-boyfriend. There are, look at them, cry. Try and work out (laughs) whether he and the bandmate are sleeping with each other, read what other people have written about the photos, cry. Look at some more, cry some more, go back to MySpace, listen to all his songs, listen to the song that he said he wrote for you, work out he probably didn't, cry. Look at old blogs, cry some more, do a little bit of work, check again, do some more work, check, cry, and so on. This went on for a couple of weeks, and at first, I didn't realise just how much of my time was spent monitoring his movements. Then Google took the initiative to suggest I might like to change my homepage to MySpace, and my sister asked why I kept playing the same song over and over and over, you know, the one that opens with his MySpace page, and I did feel a little bit ashamed. Friends who had no idea just how completely insane I'd become praised me for how strong I was, not having called him drunkenly and weeping. I wondered how they'd feel about me if they knew that all the time I spent not calling him drunken and weeping was spent keeping tabs on him and his bandmate on MySpace, praying they'd both get their guitar playing arms crushed by a truck and writing poems about how I wanted them to get cat aids. (laughs) But I guess no one ever really knows what's going on in the only space in the world you can still actually keep private. About a month ago, he posted a new blog on MySpace. It was an update on the band, doing really, really well, in case anyone's interested. And then a long and very detailed, eloquent piece of prose about how the only way to get through the recession was to have loads and loads and loads of sex. He then went on to describe just how amazing sex was and how, since he had no money because of his new band, he was having loads of sex all the time and loving it. People often say that something was like a slap in the face, but this felt more like somebody had thrown acid at me and sprinkled sea salt on top, just to make really sure. It was about the same time that we had that massive snow day and I was holed up at home, which meant I could cry unreservedly at this huge and painful betrayal. I thought you'd lost your sex drive, I screamed dramatically at his MySpace. (laughs) I thought it wasn't me, it was you, I screamed at the computer and basically became completely unhinged. Does he know that I read his blog? Yes, he does. Has he remembered? Maybe. In retrospect, probably not. Is he trying to hurt me? Who is he sleeping with? Is it the bandmate? Better better check her MySpace for new photos that might yield more evidence for my giant portfolio of psychosis that says he never really loved me in the first place. And when I've proved I'm right, I'll... Well, I'll probably do absolutely nothing. See, that is the trouble with cyberstalking. Because you're not actually committed enough to get out in the field, <laughs> the, uh, the lucky recipients don't know that you're doing it, so really, it's quite unsatisfying. <laughs> and apart from the basic benefit of staying warm and dry, there's very little payoff. There's no screaming or shouting or kissing someone else in front of them or sleeping with their friends. Not that I would, but given that I'm surgically and emotionally attached to my computer... How did friends ever know where to find me? I haven't yet stepped so far across the invisible psycho girl line that I don't know the difference between in my head crazy and real world crazy. I'd never try to stalk him where I could be seen. Say, for example, at a gig that he's playing perhaps this Thursday in Camden at nine o'clock. I'd never do that. 
I'd certainly never throw a brick through his window. (laughs) I know, I know, he has every right to blog and post and do whatever he wants with his cyber life. And I know that perhaps somebody else with an ounce of restraint and any hint of self-preservation would have stopped after the whole uh, I love sex but not with you blog debacle. I know that I'm not the only person to behave this way. And even though some of you might disagree, I know I'm not crazy. I also know that after single-handedly encouraging an entire room full of strangers to entirely reprogram their internet security settings, I'm going to get off this stage, I'm going to have a drink with my friend, I'm going to go home, I'm going to log on, and I'm going to do it all over again. To take part in next month's show, Stories About Desire, or to hear more, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates. Audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.